Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Corson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Greg Price. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now, it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week, we set a film for the others to watch, and then we come into the studio, and we talk about what we loved, hated, and rated about the film. Now, the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home, then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by Jack, and it is Crash. But before we get into talking all things Crash, as always, how's your week been? What have you been up to? We had, we had a party, didn't we, Coles? We went out. We did have a party, yeah. Out, out. Out, out, yeah. ITV Summer Party. It was really good, wasn't it? It was great. It was good. Everybody was in good spirits. Great venue, first of all. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was at the Ivy, wasn't it? In town, on the top floor at the like, so like a roofy terracey thing, isn't it? We went there for Ben's birthday once. Yes, we did. In fact, that was probably the last time I'd been there. I reckon. Did you have the that chocolate thing at the end? The chocolate bomb. Yeah. Poor. Did I? What was it like? A teapot of chocolate into a kind of chalk sphere. It's one of them fancy things. It's like a ball of chocolate, isn't it? And you pour the sauce on, and it like erodes. Ooh. Yeah, it's <laughs> good work. Ooh, erodes. Hello. It had a um, what's the word called? Not knickerbocker glory. Um, hu- not honeycomb. What's popping candy? So you you uh, eat and it, your mouth oh, would yes, be popping. Yes, I remember yeah. That. Yeah, very good. If you're ever at the Ivy, check out the old chocolate bomb. But um, yeah, we were there, Jack, weren't we? Turned up together for the old summer, summer sizzler. We did turn up together. And we didn't tell each other what we were wearing, but we were both wearing white, like we are now. We've done it again. We we were fully, we were matching. When he got out of the car, I was like, oh, we're literally wearing matching outfits here. People have that, don't they? Like parties where it's themed and it's like you can only wear white. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of those parties. It was just kind of a work party. But it was nice. I think it's kind of that now the world is slowly getting back to normal and, like, parties are a thing. Like, it, you know, it, it was just, it was nice, wasn't it? Everyone under one roof. Um, no, it was good. It's nice to it's see a everyone. Pe- a lot of people, even at our work, have not been in the building like as, as long as what us, because the actors have always had to come in and do stuff. But when people could work from home, they have done. So a lot of people have not been there as much. With 
remote working now like you, you, you don't see people and there's so many people at Corrie who live in different places and work in different places anyway so like you know we don't normally get to see the writers do we we don't really get that side of yeah, things that's always, yeah, that's so always it's like it's like a once a year occasion to kind of everyone get together and chat and we did Jack forgot his lateral flow test nearly didn't get in had to get, <laughs> had to get taken away to the old the COVID room <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm not waiting 15 minutes for you. I'll see you in there. <laughs> they had some spares. I didn't have it. It was fine. I was allowed in. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else have I done? All right, yeah. Later on that night, um, I think it was that night. It might have been the night after. I went to my mate's house, right? I was just chilling at his, watching a film and stuff. And I was about to leave, and it got to about midnight. And I got a call off the missus and she went, what are you doing? I went, well, I'm leaving now. I'm coming home. She went, right. Is there any chance you can get some poo bags? I went, what? No. At midnight. At midnight. It's like half that's 12. A t- that's a tough omission. That. I know. Mm. And she went, oh, she went, we need them. We need them now. I went, where am I going to get poo bags from at this time? She went, petrol station. I said, no fucking way. She went, oh, they'll sell them. Just go, get some poo bags. We need them. I said, oh, for fuck. So I'm driving. I'm on the way home. So where's the poo? You don't know. I didn't ask. So are you wondering what you're driving home to? Well, it must be fucking Mount Vesuvius. That's what I'm what, driving home In the middle of the to. room. You know, you've just yeah. said Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. <laughs> Once. Yeah. So I, I had a spot on my nose. Like, I'm, I, I, when, I, when I get like stressed I, I i break out in spots and then my nose used to be the point it happened i remember we were flying to florida once and i obviously the thought of the travel and everything had worked me up and i had this giant spot on my nose and my sister and my dad were winding me up and obviously because they're intellectuals and i'm not like they were saying it doesn't look like a spot that it, it looks like it looks like an infection and Hannah went to my dad. I I think he needs to go to the doctors because I think I think that's a Vesuvius. <laughs> and Dad was like, "Yeah, I think that is. I think that could be a Vesuvius eruption if we're not careful." I think. <laughs> so I'm on this plane, and Hannah was like, "You need to be careful because it might it might pop under the pressure of of the plane, and if yeah. it pops a, a Vesuvius popping, you, you 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 don't want that to happen." So yeah, so for like an entire day, my family. In fact, it was longer than that. They used to they laughed at the expense of me not knowing that Vesuvius was an actual volcano. Anyway, sorry, poo bags. Poo bags. So I'm driving home. It's midnight, half twelve. I pulls in at this petrol station, and I'm in there, and I'm I'm looking round. Did you buy something else with it? Because you felt a bit embarrassed just to go poo bags. I'm just looking for them, Ben. I've not even got them. Back crisps and some poo bags. Kit Kat chunky. Under your bread. Mutter it under your bread. He went, are you all right? And I went, yeah. I'm just, I went, I went. do you have any poo bags? <laughs> we don't get many call for that at 12 at midnight. He went, what? I went, bags for poo. And he I said, love the way you said it, like it's Latin. I know. I bags know. for poo? But I, th- I think it was because it was half 12, it's like quarter to one in the morning. You're lucky it wasn't the, the night service. Imagine going up to the window and being, I am eight. I said... <laughs> Poo bags, you know, for poo. And he went, <laughs> and he went, what do you mean? And I went, animal, not 
not human. <laughs> and he caught on me what I meant then. Like, pets. Like, poo bag pets. He thought it was just a random thing to say, poo bags. I'm, I'm here to buy bags for poo. So he says, no, we haven't got any. I'm like, of course you fucking haven't. So I get in the car and I went, that was a fucking wasted journey. I come home. Hanny's just cleaning teeth. She's off to bed. And uh, I'm like, and she's like, oh, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, you're fine. She's like, do you have fun? I went, yeah, it was really good. Just tell her all about the party, mate's house, blah, blah, blah. Everything's fine and good, blah, blah, blah. And I give her a kiss. I went, right, I'm going to go down, lock everything up, and I'll be up in a minute. She went, oh, did you get tea bags? <laughs> so she said tea bags. Tea bags. You thought she said poo bags. Yeah. How did you miss here? Tea bags and poo bags? It's not even close. Ben, I'm on the phone and I'm repeating poo bags back to her. And she's going, yeah. We obviously couldn't hear each other that well. What was the need? For tea bags for the morning. I was pissing myself for about an hour downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you were going, where am I going to get them? Yeah, of course I was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was my week. Ben, been up to anything? <laughs> oh, funny, funny. Big week this week. Mini golf. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, school holidays. Played two rounds. What theme? Right. This is very good. Mini golf, mini golf names. They always have good names, don't they? Yep. Volcano Falls, that's the one in Cass. Very good. The one in the Trafford Centre is Dino something, isn't it? Yes, that's Trafford Centre, yeah. Congo Falls. So my first... (laughs) Congo Falls. My first round is Congo Falls. And it's good. Jungle. It's a, No, it is. So it's got water feature. You've got a bridge. You have to go between the holes. I've been one with a bridge before. Yeah, you have to pull yourself over the bridge. Pull yourself over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm like, this is great. How many holes? Eight. Well, it's 18, Colson. It's a proper round of golf. It's 18. Oh, that's a proper one. Sometimes they cop out, don't they? They do see, nine. It does get a bit boring after... 13, do you not think? I tell you what, Colson, I challenge you to get bored when you go underneath a waterfall. And that's one of the holes. That's very good. You have to go through the water. Mm, that's good. Then you have another one. You keep the ball into the river. And the river takes the ball. The river takes the ball down. And if you get in the river right, it's a hole in one. Did anyone get a hole in one on the course? Well, my wife. She was way behind. Came to this hole straight in straight in the lead everything went quiet then who's got the little shitty pencil and the piece of cardboard that's me well there's two this is why i mentioned two two rounds here first round congo falls uh shitty shitty piece of paper pencil second round an app (laughs) wow (laughs) game changer Scoring app. Changer. Scoring app. Midway through, I can go leaderboard. You don't have to do the adding up. You don't have to do the adding up. You got six. What was quite good was, you know when you get, you know if you muck a hole up and it goes to like 10? Yeah, that's, you max out at 10. Well, it maxed out at six there. So on the second, on the second one, we were doing much better. Now it gets to two bits, doesn't it? You either, you start off very good, don't you? You start off trying. Yeah. By hole 14, you're just absolutely lashing it. Just whacking you're it. Just, you're lashing it. You just want it in. You just want it in. The last yeah, yeah, four, yeah, yeah. you just want it in. It got close. Both times it got close down to the last hole. Tension. 
very good. Did you not have the awkward bit of a family of four of people trying to like overtake you? No. No one, no one caught with you on the car. They did. But what they do now, which I think is good, mini golf's moved on. Um, and my kids played it in, in America, actually. And they said there were three courses there you can pick. They time it. You've got a timed goal. You've got a timed kickoff. So you can only start five minutes up. 2.35. We were 2.36. Okay. Kids behind us got a bit bored at hole nine, just started to whack it in. Whack it. Oh, you saw balls going all over the waterfalls. Yeah. The only thing I did notice, you know, you know like in championship golf, Tiger, mm. people are watching. That's the added element to mini golf pressure. On the last hole. Well, no, on every hole, because they're behind you, aren't you? And they're looking a bit bored. If there's only two of them, there was a couple behind us on the second lot, bit bored, lovely. Said, no, 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 don't you worry, don't you worry, carry on. I said, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the pressure. And then you miss, then you miss, or oh, the worst one is, there was one where you have to go up the hill and it just rolls back to where you stood. Yeah, <laughs> or rolls back further away from when you meant to start. <laughs> and then, and then, it, then round about hole 14, 15, it gets a bit edgy. Someone's clearly ahead and someone's going to lose. And, it, someone, yeah. and someone's <laughs> fucking no chance. Someone's got no chance. And the birds are with no chance of seeing their arse. And the birds whacking it, <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. lose the ball trying to lose the ball trying to put everyone off i went the next time i went went with my son and his mate and it was they were stood on the thing looking at your ball saying no chance no chance you'll miss you'll miss like right close to your face because i was gonna win no chance you'll miss you miss and you go come on let's give us a little well that's the game like mini golf <laughs> is like some kind of like gladiator sport so that was it big school holidays mini golf who won then my wife won the first one, Congo Falls. She got a cup. I don't think it was the best round they'd seen, but it was up there. Did, did it make this week's leaderboard? Yeah, yeah. yeah to, I tell you, very well done. <laughs> second course, my son won. But second course, you got close to the hole and then you were just, it was eight or nine shots past that past that hole. So from poo bags to mini golf, we've been up to it all this week. Um, the other thing that we've all done is we have all sat down to watch Crash. So Jack, for the first time in series oh, good, six, good are you ready? I'm going to wing it like I do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, like, like <laughs> new tactic. <laughs> new tactic, wing it. Because all the other weeks, I really pray. <laughs> okay, um... Crash follows the series of about a million characters. Yeah, there's about there's about ten like lead characters, or like five or six, ten lead characters. They're all living in LA and they're all sort of interlinked. Their stories are all sort of entwined somehow. Um the main aspect of the film is sort of about race discrimination and each story sort of touches uh, a subject relating to one of them. How many stories is there? How many stories do we follow? I suppose there's Don Cheadle. He, he seems like the lead story in a way, doesn't he? Well, he's the person who takes you mostly through it all, doesn't he? he and he links yeah. it all together, yeah. doesn't he, when yeah. it comes to it? Yeah. But, you know, basically, it's a bit... I mean, it's not Vantage Point-esque, but we... we, <laughs> we hang on, hang on. We see an event... Mm. And then we see the 24 hours leading up to the event from the point of view, pretty much, of eight different characters, 
And a lot of them are in twos, aren't they? So you've, we've obviously got yeah. we, we've got the couple whose car gets hijacked. We've got the, the you know the the, the police officer his wife, yeah, and Brendan Fraser, isn't it? And interesting, the car that gets stolen, it's a Lincoln Navigator, to which we went we went on the road in, didn't we? We were in last week. Yeah, we we drove to um, where did we drive? We drove to Chad in a Lincoln Navigator. Yeah, we did. It's comfortable, we? but they are massive. Yeah. So the lad who directed this film kind of came up with the premise of the idea on the fact that his car got hijacked in LA. Yeah, I think so, yeah. The year before, he'd won the Oscar. He's the only um, person to -to back-to-back win his film that he wrote, won the Academy Award for Best Picture, back-to-back. So the year before, he wrote Million Dollar Baby, and that won um, Best Film at the Oscars. And then he wrote... Um, Crash, and that won Best Film at the Oscars. So do we know what Crash was up against in... Is it 2006? It's 2006 Oscars, I think. Yeah. And the film came out in 2004, but it wasn't eligible... See, this was a weird one that I only found out. It wasn't eligible to be put up for the Oscars that year because it had not been in a cinema in LA for at least two weeks. Have you heard of this, Ben? Yeah, because one of... I don't like to bring it always back to my career. But one of the films... <laughs> that I was in. <laughs> no, one of the short films I made okay. got into the Oscars. And one of the ways you can do it is it was shown... It has to be shown... It was actually shown in the... You know the where they where they hold the Oscars, that theatre? That Kodak theatre, theater, theater, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in Hollywood. It was shown there. It has to be shown for a week. Uh, and then you're eligible. It basically stops everyone entering thousands of films. This was released in the August of 2005. Okay. So it was made in 2004, released in the August of 2005. So it will have been a 2006 Oscar. Yeah. Brokeback Mountain it was up against, wasn't it? Yeah, and everybody wanted that one to win, didn't they? This is the only time, I think... um, that a film has not been nominated for a single Golden Globe. Yes. And has gone on to win the Oscar. It wasn't nominated for any Golden Globes. And it won three Oscars, including Best Film. I mean, it's unheard of. So, Don Cheadle's character, Graham, who's this, like, detective, he's in the police, isn't he? It's kind of... The film kind of starts off with him at a crime scene of a crash. Um, And then we go back to yesterday. Well, it's Dead Kid, isn't it? This says um, the founder Dead Kid. Yeah. And we don't know much about the scene. We don't know much about what's happened. And then we flip back to yesterday and it kind of is, you know, it's it's a load of people's lives intercrossing across the city in 24 hours. I guess what we later find out, I don't want to do the old one, two, skip a few, but there, there is a character of two lads who are like carjackers, like they're like um, part-time criminal sort of thing. And, and they steal the car off Sandra Bullock's character. And yeah, but what's of- interesting before that sort of takes place is they're talking about the stereotypical stereotypes of what people look and are scared for. And they're pointing out that they're in like a white neighbourhood and that they should feel threatened and everybody's looking at them as though they're threatening, aren't they? Because they're, t- they're two black kids and they see Sandra Bullock and she sort of like hugs Brendan Fraser and they're like, look, see that? She got a lot colder when they saw us. It's like they're having a go and saying everybody's 
out to get us when we should be the ones who feel threatened here. Right, one thing that's confused me is there's a few times in the film where it's like parts of the film are not actually happening. So, like, at the start, they've had the crash and the husband is talking and it's like he's talking but no one can hear what he's saying. And then, like, when the baby blocks the shot of the dad, it's like... What do you mean the baby blocks the shot of the dad? The little girl when she runs in front of him? Yeah. But she, she doesn't... I, I know, but even even that bit where they're walking towards it, it feels like there's, there's conversations going on within conversations that no one else can see. Yeah. Right, the first scene in the film, yeah? Yeah. They're, they're in that car, and they've been in the crash, and he's like dazed. What crash? Yeah, I see what Colson means. So the, when we open with Don Cheadle, he's in a crash. Yes. Oh, right, yeah. And they have that toing and froing about being in a crash. Then he goes from the crash, segues into seeing the murder. I, too, found that a bit confusing. It's like a split reality. It's almost like he's not that interested in the whys and wherefores of the crash. I suppose he's a police officer. But then he walks straight into the murder, doesn't he? I understand what you're saying, Colson. Yeah, I found that a bit confusing. It was just a bit trippy, and I didn't know if it had been done for a reason or if like, there was a subcontext to the whole bit of people having... I don't having... know why they're in a crash at the beginning. It's kind of pointless, isn't it? It's almost like he wants to start... He starts... He wanted to start the tension or whatever, the arguments or however you want to... Straight away, he wants a big opening... And he does that, but it's almost like the opening goes nowhere. Yeah. Then we segue into him investigating a murder, but then we don't go back. It leaves you questioning why and what that whole yeah, thing I was. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a device to get us into the film super quick. I don't know. There are bits that don't quite... I didn't know if it was... You know, like how, obviously, Memento as a film is designed to be confusing... I didn't know if that had been done for a reason and it was something that I hadn't quite understood or... It probably... It, it, do you know what? It probably was done for a reason, but I'm with you, Colson. I didn't quite... I think Memento is very smart in that it only makes sense almost when you go back over the film. Yeah. It starts to unravel. It, but it still didn't make sense even at the end. The scene that you were talking about, Jack, with um, the two lads walking down the street and then Sandra Bullock mm. and Matt Dillon's character, yeah, why, why is it. there? Why is that conversation there before they then go and rob the car? Well, he's is he sort of like some governor? No, he's is he the district attorney? Yeah, yeah. isn't it? So obviously they've got some big crime and, and shooting problems and uh, in LA haven't they and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of tension in the city um and he's got he's got to be the sort of guy to try and balance everything out hasn't it and he's got this problem where he's 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 got to be sort of like a political figure where he's not standing up for white people he's not standing up for black people he's sort of really on the fence and he's trying everything you know to be great for everyone. But then he get his car gets jacked by two black guys, and then he's like, it's perfect. They had to be 
Is that what you're on about? It's like he's he's talking about his political campaign, isn't he? And all that. I was on about the conversation between the two lads. It, it's a social comment on the neighbourhood, isn't it? And how people react around them. Yeah. There's that conversation, and then they then go forward and steal the car. So I, I didn't know. I didn't know if that was again. A, it was a confusing part of the film. So is that been done for a reason, or is that like them having a joke, and then it's like, but we're going to steal it anyway? Like it was just a bit trippy. Yeah, probably. But I suppose that's just their environment that they've sort of fallen in. They don't agree or like what they're doing. But the choices and the way that life's turned out, that's what they have to do. I think it's that. So a scene that I think stuck out for me as being really uncomfortable to watch is, obviously we know that this Lincoln Navigator has been stolen and it goes out on the radio to the police that a Lincoln Navigator has been stolen and the description is that two black males have taken it. And then we see a police officer, a white police officer, then pull over a Lincoln Navigator that doesn't match the description, isn't the same reg, hasn't got two black males driving it, and, you know, the the partner of the police officer is uncomfortable about what's happening, and then, obviously, he, he pulls them over for no reason and then kind of sexually assaults his yeah. wife, doesn't yeah. he? It, it, it was just quite an... I mean, it's a very much an uncomfortable scene isn't it yeah and it is and you feel you feel sorry for a lot of people for the partner uh, ryan philippe's character because he's new on the job how does he react to this um you feel sorry for the the driver of the car what's he do you feel sorry for the husband yeah i do because he's in this shit situation where he does just want his wife to shut up and stop shouting but yet she is within her rights for shouting because she has been pulled over and they've been asked to get out of the car for no reason. But he can see the bigger picture. If you do shout and if you do create a scene, there's nothing to stop them just putting a bullet in your head and it will be completely justified. That's why I felt sorry for him. And you do just sort of want her to say, shut the fuck up and stay in the cans and just, just be nice. But that doesn't stop the problem. Do you know what I mean? Could this film, with like the the way they follow the story and the key events, and because the, there there are powerful moments in this film, one is it still on script in twenty twenty two, and two, if it was made now, how differently would it be made? I don't think it would be made differently. I think it's all still relevant now. Do you think it's still relevant? Yeah. to the same degree. Yeah, even more so. If anything, I think. I mean, it was sort of written in two thousand and one. Off the back of like the World Trade Center, after nine eleven, after nine eleven, and there's even there's even um, references there reference, to nine eleven, yeah. isn't there? Where he said, uh, talks about putting a medal on a guy called Saddam. So there's all that sort of racial tension in America. There's the gun laws in America that it's all about that it touches on, and yeah, I mean twenty years on, and it, still talking about the same thing. So for me, it, when I mentioned there's powerful moments in the film, I would say, if I was to say that, that the three best scenes or the three like most powerful moments would be um, the scene under the bed with the daughter. Mm. And I think that was really cleverly done. And that is one thing that I think this film does quite do well is it does interlock and it is quite clever. And although you don't spend... It's only an hour and 40 but we le- uh, learn a lot about, you know, 20 characters or whatever in such a short space of time. And, 
you know, the scene with the daughter, I just thought was a, a really quite powerful moment. Then there's the scene with the car crash explosion. Yeah. Where it's Matt Dillon's character pulling out the character that he has Newton, yeah. sexually assaulted the night before. And then the like the last shot in the film with, with the song kind of, I found that quite a, like it, uh, that made it, it all makes sense to me in a way. Yeah, there's. The, I mean, for me, it's all those moments. I love that scene where he is talking to his daughter because obviously they've moved out of an area. You get the idea they haven't got a lot of money. Yeah, he's just a locksmith. Um, they've moved out of a really bad area and they're still pretty much in a bad area. And she says she heard gunshots. I mean, imagine sort of living in a neighborhood where. Bullets are flying through your daughter's bedroom window, but you have to live there because you can't afford anywhere else. But I thought the comment was that they weren't now, and that was, but the daughter still thought yeah, she was, was she those, still hearing gunshots. But she's she? not. I thought he was saying it's cars backfiring. I think he's just saying that to sort oh, of okay. skirt over what she is hearing. Are there still guns in better neighbourhoods? Is that what you think? No, I I thought that she is still here. I thought she is still hearing gunshots in LA, and he knows she's still hearing them. But it's they're not coming through the window. But she heard them, and he, in a way, so that he can sort of make her feel comfortable, he comes up with this story. That's kind of what the film does, though, isn't it? It leaves quite a lot of open questions, unanswered questions. It, I guess, it kind of leaves quite a lot for you to. Fill in Think about, the yeah, gaps of. Why did you pick? Why did you pick it, Jack? I love the writing. I think the dialogue is very clever. Um, I love all the stories. I love how they're all connected. Um, people's um, different perceptions on situations, like Ryan Philippe's perception, Matt Dillon. I love Matt Dillon's character in it, how you think he's an absolute horrible man. But then he has this soft side where he's, he's doing everything for his dad. So you, do, you you think, oh, he's a nice guy. And he's a hero. He drags her out of the burning car. But he sexually assaults. Do you know what I mean? So you're torn with a lot of um, a lot of questions, like what Colson said. Is there an answer as to, to why they've done that? What, why is the writer done that to every single character is it just to confuse everything i don't think it's to confuse i think he's just getting a lot of points that is probably going on at the time in america in la what he himself has witnessed from getting carjacked and what gave him the um, inspiration to write the script and he's just put it all in a film just all in one film he's gone that's happening now in this city i'll just write what's going on in this city because i think it'll be a really interesting film it's really weird because it almost doesn't, you know, it it makes you have sympathy for every single character and it makes you have hate for every single character. Yeah, that's what I liked. I like like when Don Cheadle, like when he's he's having sex with that girl, his mother rings, and he goes, "I can't talk right now, mum. I'm having sex with a white girl." And he puts the phone down, doesn't he? And she has a gun. And she goes, "Why do you have to bring in that I'm white? Why is that a thing?" She says, "You can't say that to your mum. You can't." even disrespect me like that and she gets off and go and you think he's a dickhead but he's sort of like saying that in a way just to sort of laugh off that she's not laugh off it's the wrong word but and then you see his mum you see what his mum is and his mum's a heroin addict so you sort of think that might be his way of 
gallows humour. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that might be his way of sort of getting over all the the nasty stuff that might be happening in his in his life to sort of like laugh off what might be happening. Do you know what I mean? I, I, there's there's different characteristics of every character in this film where I like them and then I also dislike them. Yeah, and it, it, I mean it does that with every single character, you know, like. The shopkeeper, how all he wants to do is just have his business and it be safe, but he's petrified of being robbed. You know, the Persians. Yeah, but then Sandra Bullock's character, absolute massive racist, but she has no mates. She She's about to have a really powerful scene, and when I was watching that with her on the phone, I went, oh, this is going to be why this is Sandra Bullock, because she's about to break down, and it's going to be amazing. And then a mate says, I've got to go. And it's like, you realise that she's got nobody. Yeah. Except the cleaner. Like, the cleaner comes, doesn't she? She falls down the stairs, and the only person who comes to her help is the cleaner, who she shouts at every day. And I, I guess that's what, you know, they, they have done that thing of, you know, you hate everyone, but you feel sympathy for everyone. And I, I, that's obviously what he's tried to create, and he has created that. And then I guess, you know, when I've said that I find a really powerful moment being the last scene is because, you know, obviously... He he sees that it, it's his brother, which is another character that we've met, and it it's all you know all the answers to the film are interlocked. Then it goes on to, you know, uh, oh this can't get any worse. And as even in break, someone crashes into the back of someone else's yeah, car, yeah. and it, the whole and, cycle starts, again. and the whole cycle starts again. And then the songs maybe tomorrow by the Stereophonics, and it's basically it's almost a social comment on when are we ever going to learn. That we're all just trying to fucking get by. I think it's probably that as well. Right, quick break, um, and then we'll come back and we'll rate the film. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ratings. Jack, your first film of Series 6. You definitely picked a difficult one to talk about. Yeah. So um, let, let's let's have your ratings. My rating for Crash is 7.3. Okay. 
this point three bus- this point business. The point three. That's because I think I think it's in the sevens is crash. I don't I don't think it's anything more than that. But I I it's just trying to find out where it is, and I think it's the lower end of halfway. Um, so that's why I've gone point three. I really like this film. I think what Paul Haggis has done with um, writing it, writing about all these topics that are very, very big in America, um, guns, race, crime, and to win back-to-back Oscars for two screenplays is amazing on a shoestring of a budget in today's filmmaking, £6 million. They filmed it in 36 days. Didn't they film Million Dollar Baby quickly as well? Oh, I don't know. I think he filmed it in 29 days. Yeah. Um, and I, I just really like what he's done and it's just talking... Uh, there's, there's a lot there for you to go away and sort of talk about. Um, it le- leaves you to fill in the blanks. I think it's edited very well because, I mean, it's like eight stories, isn't it? To try and fit all them into one film so that it sort of flows... And you sort of understand how they are all, all connected. I think he's very clever. And they won um, um, an Oscar for editing as well. Best editing, best film, best screenplay. Uh, so, yeah, that's my rating, 7.3. It's quite hard for me, this, because the film had aspects of it as a film that I enjoyed, you know, as in the acting performances are really good. And there are great shots, you know, this is great um, movement between scenes. But there was parts of the story that just didn't quite sit right with me. And I don't know if that's because obviously this was a film that was made in 2004 and we're now years on and there's been more films made on this topic that I think have probably been done better and highlighted it in a different way. Um, So I, I think as a film... Taking into consideration the the directing and the acting, I'm probably going to go four. But for me, the the story, um, yeah, the the story just isn't quite to date now, I don't think, if that makes sense. Ben? Four from Coulson. Probably about the same as Coulson. I don't think it stands up. You don't think it's stood the test of time? The world's moved on, and I think so has film. But also some of the... the navigation through how people meet and what happens... Seems very contrived at times. You know, just very like the, that desperate need to link every single person with every single person. Um, yeah, three. 14.3 for Crash, which Jack takes Oof. it to rock bottom of the leaderboard for the start of Series 6. Bomb. Maybe you should stick to Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. Acted well. Funny, we should talk about picking films. Yeah, we're talking about what we're going about to sing is the hidden nature of the gem. Is it hidden? <laughs> is, it is it hidden? I have fucking. I have pulled it. Okay, let's well, let's sing for this one. If you've got a good, good one, let's go big. Jack's okay. hidden gem. Hidden gem. Good one. <laughs> okay. I told a lie. It's not that hidden. Oh, shite. But it is very good. It's a series. I don't know if you two have seen it. Apple TV. Taron Edgerton. Ooh, brand new. Oh, Blackbird. haven't seen it Blackbird. yet. Blackbird. Not seen it yet, but want to see it. I've done four eps 
of six. They're an hour long. I like it. Hidden Gem. It's only the most expensive TV show of the year. <laughs> Is it? it? will no, be with that cast. Be. It can't be. I think we should recall it, Jack, so not so Hidden Gem. Because you started off with a massive Hidden Gem, which was Class Action Park. But I was explaining this. I was explaining this to you two off, off camera, off air. How Jackson Gems came about. <laughs> they were all the shit that I had seen throughout my career of watching shit. Thirty right? years. So they were. Hidden. You ran out of material. I knew they were fucking hidden. As soon as you run out, we've done fucking hundred and seventy apps. As soon as you run out of shit, <laughs> you have to come up with new shit that isn't There's hidden. It's so fucking out there. So Blackbird Taron goes into a prison, and he's got. He's been told to get close to someone. No, no, no. Hang on. He's an ex-NFL player, right? True story this, by the way. In the 90s, ex-NFL player um, gets caught peddling drugs, selling drugs, right? And gets a 10-year sentence. Judge comes down on him. 10-year sentence. Seven months into doing his sentence, the FBI come to him and say, we're going to transfer you to a maximum security prison where you're going to befriend a serial killer, a convicted serial killer, and you're going to get him to tell you where he's hidden the bodies. And he's like, fuck that. And they're like, we'll completely kibosh your uh, sentence. You'll be released. True story. If you... True story. So he's going into this maximum security prison. The guy playing the serial killer is brilliant. Creepy as fuck. I think it's um, him from Cobra Kai. It is from him from Cobra Kai and Cruella. Paul Walter Hauser. He's brilliant. Oh. He, I mean, he's he's a, he's he's a comedy actor. Usually, usually he's a, yeah, like comedy actor. Is he the lad who was? He, he's the one at... who's ten years older than all the others yes. in Cobra Kai. Oh yes, got you, got you, got you. He goes to Eagle yeah, Fan as well. Yeah, he's very good, and he's he's creepy, scary, and Taron's very good. And do you know what? It's just very good seeing them two on screen. Both been very good actors. Dialogue's very good, and just I'm like trying to work the other one out. Very, very good. I've done four reps. I've got two left, and I've really enjoyed it all. So that's the gem, Blackbird, Apple TV. Wait, why do we call it Jack's Gem? Because it's it's catchy, and it will fit better on a mug. I think there's a new mug coming. I was thinking that just as you said it. <laughs> Jack's Gem, Jack's Facts. I think we keep your parts like that, Jack, and then a word. Jack's Gem, Jack's Facts. Do a poll, do a poll. Are we doing Jack's Gem or Jack's Hidden Gem? So, for the first time in Series 6, next week, you guys at home get to pick what film we are going to watch. So we put it out onto our Twitter and Instagram, and we asked you for film suggestions. And you guys came up trumps, and we got it in. We got over 300. We had to put it into the old supercomputer. To round it down to four. Random generator. Supercomputer now. New new series. We've Who's upgraded. It? Too yeah. much, too much data. In fact, maybe it should be random generator. We might get sued for supercomputer by Ant and Dex Saturday night takeaway. We'll go back to random generator. iPhone five now, we're on. <laughs> Washing machine. <laughs> Semi-final number one. <laughs> About time. Fucking great film. Versus rear window. Great film. 
about time, Jack, is Richard Curtis's response after Love Island. After Love Actually, it was his first one after Love Actually. Richard Curtis. Love Island. See what Coulson's been watching. Yeah, you can see. You can tell what the final was this <laughs> week. See, it was the final last night. <laughs> My daughter's watching it. The other semi-final is Brokeback Mountain versus. You might have to help me with this one. Grossy Point Blank. Gross. Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank. What's Gross Point Blank? I don't know. I haven't actually seen it. It's John Cusack, isn't it? Yeah, good film. I've never seen it, and a lot of people have always suggested it. But the bad news for Gross Point Blank is that <laughs> Brokeback Mountain absolutely wiped the floor with it. It won um, with a majority of 67%. In the other semi-final, with About Time versus Rear Window, About Time won by 20%. Which is good, I think. You're a bit gutted about that, aren't you, Ben? Because Rear Window... I think Rear Window's a classic. Is that a Stanley Kubrick film? Yeah. Rear Window's Hitchcock. Oh, that's That's who I meant. That's who I meant. Hitchcock. What's that thing called? Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Hitchcock. Hopscotch. (laughs) One, two, four, eight. (laughs) Mr. Hopscotch. Right this way, sir. (laughs) Right this way. I've heard it. I've seen your film, Mr. Hopscotch. (laughs) Are you ready to find out what we're watching next week? Yeah, go. Next week, we are sitting down... To talk all things Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I haven't seen it for a long time. I can't quit you. I've seen it recently. Too recently to want to watch it again, actually. I've seen it within the month. Maybe within two months. Oh, you're fine. So that's what we're watching next week. But if you want more Sofa Cinema Club, in the meantime, there is one thing that is really easy to do, and that is joining our ever-growing family on Patreon. And to do so, all you've got to do is go on to www.patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. On Patreon is where you will find our monthly bonus special episodes. You'll get access to our Instagram close friends, and it's a really easy way to communicate with Ben for the extraterrestrial episode. And as you will know, if you're a listener, each week, the people that join our Patreon get a shout out on the podcast by getting a role in our cinema slash TV production. It's now, it now fully is TV production company, isn't it? No, well, sometimes we run a little cinema on the side of the weekends. Don't don't try and flatten my dreams. Guys. As part of the tour, as part of the studio tours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, we, um, we had a bit of an issue with this last week, didn't we, Ben? Um, with people not mentioning surnames. And we've had, actually, a Patreon member who's wrote in to say, if I can put my surname down, any of you can. And that message has been sent to us by John Dick. Cheers, John. Cheers, Dickie. <laughs> what was John's? What was John's dark job? Um, sexual fucking advisor. Sex, yeah. <laughs> sexual fucking advisor. <laughs> so, starting us off with our newest Patreon member. One really important thing that you have to have in a film production company, in any business, really, where you're spending a lot of time. Did you want to say a florist? I did. I did. And do you know what I'm saying this week, Ben? <laughs> yeah, you did. Head of bread rolls, and that. Role has been taken up by Tom Baker. Piss poor. The former Doctor Who. That's poor. You've just taken Baker head of bread. Head rolls. of bread rolls. He's not. <laughs> he's not allowed to do the baking. Just bread rolls. Tom, have you got any bread rolls? <laughs> um, Luke Core. I've got apples. Luke. Head of apples. <laughs> oh God. Well, head of on, apples. Brilliant. Shit. You Brilliant. can't have head of apples. <laughs> this is you bullshit. can't have head of apples. 
You're not going to get a head of high head of apples. Yep, down the hall. I would absolutely. He could be. What are you up to? Oh, she's got a job. What was the job? Head of apples. Oh, <laughs> where? At, at, like at an orchard? No, no, no. Film company. Old Luke Carr could be in charge of abs when we've got when we have like an actor. We need to go on a fitness plan and get ripped like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he could be in charge of the ab workout. Could Luke Carr? For head of head of head, head of, of training. training. I like Luke it. Carr. Great, great. That's good. You, everyone has that on a film set. Then yeah, that's not bad. Okay, I've got one. Sean Nolan. Christopher Nolan's son. I mean, you've followed us and you've done it even shitter than what we've That's done. That's brilliant. He's the first assistant director because he's his dad's teaching oh, him first the ropes. AD. That's brilliant. First day. First AD. Oh, fair enough. Right. Sean Nolan. Big role on a big role on a film set. Always has been a big role. Always will be a big role, and that is head of lot security, which I'm giving to Daniel Clark. Right, I'm going Jennifer Holdsworth. <laughs> Jennifer Holdsworth. Now, I think we had this before, but I feel, and I don't know why, I'm going to put her in accounts. Jennifer Holdsworth. Account. Head of, head of, um, head of finance. Ooh, I think you might have just sat someone, because I'm pretty sure you've got a head of finance. He's got, he's got head of payments and everything. Yeah, he, he has got, he's, he has got head of payments. I've got my eye on the money. Um, head of yeah, head of fight, deputy head of fight. <laughs> Jack, do you want to take the last one? All right, I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to pull it back. I've got Sophia Adams. She's new in, and she's she's what's known as the DIT, right? And that is the digital imaging technician. They make sure what is captured on film that day can meet with the digital aspects that they're going to need for in post-production. Are you Googling jobs in the film industry? You are. Of course I am, Colton. (laughs) To be fair, that's a good job. That's a fucking brilliant job. The DIT. She's the digital imaging technician. That's what she is. Sophia Adams, well done. Well, congratulations on your jobs, everyone. And we look forward to you working for us. But more importantly... We look forward to you guys getting in touch on Patreon and listening to all of those bonus episodes. There'll be a new one coming out very soon for August. And if you want to get your hands on it, you can do really easily by heading over to Patreon forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. And on there, you will find us. You'll find two tiers. Get on. Get on the second tier and join the Patreon family. So next week we're back for our first audience choice of Series 6 where we're talking all things Brokeback Mountain. And if you want to keep in touch with us, you can do. It's really easy. Find us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Sofa Cinema Club. If you head over onto the TikTok, you will notice that we have gone viral. So if we're not here next week, we're probably doing something around the world on TikTok. If you want more of us, we're back on Monday. Good night, God bless. Good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.